edition of With All Due Respect. Strong opinions on politics, life, and entertainment. Welcome to another episode of With All Due Respect. I am your host, Andrew Howcrow, and I strongly approved this podcast. With me, as always, is my main man, my campaign media mogul, Mr. Van Sanders. Mr. Sanders, what a time to be alive, eh? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> when I can be considered a media mogul, it's definitely a strange time. Yes, sir. It is going to be a very fun ride. It's also a good time to thank our listeners. By the time you hear my voice, our podcast will have clicked over 100,000 downloads after only 58 episodes. Van and I are truly humbled by the growth of our podcast and the support of our listener base. So thank you very much for joining us every week. Today on With All Due Respect, straight politics with a straight politics chaser. In state politics, the Alaska Supreme Court has found the new political maps, quote, constituted an unconstitutional political gerrymandering violating equal protection under the Alaska Constitution. Those maps must be redrawn before its use in this year's statewide election. This podcast had very strong thoughts on what was clear hijacking of democracy when it happened four months ago, and we even have stronger opinions now that the court has ruled. Also in state politics, we are T-minus 60 days and counting from the filing deadline. Meanwhile, Governor Mike Dunleavy is still scouring the high brush for a running mate. And this week, he didn't help his own cause with women with an incredibly tone-deaf tweet. In local politics, what does it look like when roosters take credit for the sunrise? This past week, Mayor Dave Bronson of Anchorage held a press conference at a groundbreaking for a new downtown housing project, claiming credit for the development and saying it was part of his vision for downtown. There is just one really big problem. The project was already scheduled to break ground long before Dave Bronson was even elected mayor. Just more of the mayor being the mayor. In federal politics, I am in. Last Friday, I filed a run for the special primary election to fill out the remaining time in Representative Don Young's term. Just the remainder of the term, not the full term. So I'm going to tell you why exactly we're in this race and why my candidacy to only fill the remainder of Representative Don Young's term is critical for Alaska. And finally, in closing comments, our own Maya Nolan Partnow shares her thoughts on the race to replace Alaska's legendary Don Young. So, filing deadlines here. Ready or not, let's talk some politics. politics. And now, for some politics. In state politics, last week the Alaska Supreme Court threw out Alaska's recently redrawn political maps, labeling them gerrymandered and calling them unconstitutional. The political maps that were approved last November on a partisan vote of 3-2 to two were constitutionally suspect immediately after being approved, and in fact we did a special podcast on the redistricting fiasco. Van, would you please play the clip from show 41? He clearly heard the words of her admitting to the gerrymandering, so why didn't he oppose the final plan? In fact, Markham's words were so blatant, they were played again and again to highlight the fact that she was readily admitting it was gerrymandering. Binkley heard that, 
He is the chair of the board that operates under clear statutory and constitutional guidelines, but yet he ignored them. He clearly understood Anchorage. So why didn't he oppose downtown Anchorage being represented by someone 15 miles away? He clearly understands the diversity of Alaska. So why the hell were the two Native women on the board treated so poorly when they objected? Basically, an attempt was to wipe their entire participation from the process off the books. Why would he go along with such a blatant farce that will clearly be ruled unconstitutional by the courts? Why? Why indeed? It's depressing as hell when you can no longer recognize Republicans who should know better. Ladies and gentlemen, three things. This will be challenged in court. This will be overturned just like 10 years ago. And taxpayers will be left with the bill for this political smash mouth. Now, every 10 years, we have a battle of redistricting where the party in power seeks to gain an advantage. But this was the first redistricting process I have seen in my life where the unconstitutionality was so blatantly egregious and in your face. It was incredible. Witnessing the torturous debate just before the redistricting board's final vote, it wasn't an exercise in democracy as it should have been. Oh, no. It was like watching two wolves and a sheep vote on what to have for dinner. I mean, usually there's at least a modicum of doubt in the legality of the outcomes of redistricting. Usually, usually it's like one side's like, we're right. And the other side's like, no, we're right. But not this time. (laughs) This was strong arm politics. This was, yeah, we know it's illegal, but we're going to do it anyways. Basically, on the record, the chair of the redistricting board said to all Alaskans, yeah, we're cheating. So what? Yeah, we're cheating. So what? Now, please don't lose me on this, because ladies and gentlemen, this is the most important part of this entire story about the smash-face politics regarding Alaska's redistricting process. The only thing that stopped Alaskans from being disenfranchised was Alaska's independent judiciary. Alaska's independent judiciary, the finest in the country, just protected your constitutional rights once again. While Governor Mike Dunleavy and his political appointees tried to take away your constitutional right to a fair redistricting process, it was Alaska's independent judiciary that stepped in to protect you. The same independent judiciary that Governor Dunleavy has been attacking for the last three years in office by picking public fights, by attempting to influence the selection of Supreme Court justices, and by putting extreme partisans such as Christy Babcock on the Alaska Judicial Council. If Alaska doesn't have an independent judiciary, these politically gerrymandered maps become law, and then the state is faced with another decade of dismal leadership. The moral of this year's redistricting farce is clear. Protect Alaska's independent judiciary at any cost. It is T-minus 60 days until the filing deadline to run for governor, and Governor Mike Dunleavy, like Uncle Rico, is still searching for his soulmate, or in this case, a running mate. An incumbent Republican governor in a red state he won by eight points just three years ago is having difficulty attracting a running mate. Well, maybe that's because he's looking for a female running mate, but his record is one that females should be running away from. Looking at the crowded race for governor right now, three of the top four candidates have female running mates. Meanwhile, Dunleavy's record on women's issues during his last three years has been arguably the worst of any governor in recent history. 
attacks on women's rights, covering up sexual misconduct, covering up sexual harassment, budget cuts to women and children's safety net programs. I mean, this guy has gone out of his way to attack women and children. So it's probably no mystery why doors are being still shut on him. And recently, the right fine governor didn't help his cause much. Last week, Governor Dunleavy took to Twitter to complain about transgender athletes. He tweeted, quote, As a father of three daughters, watching the deterioration of a girl's ability to participate in athletics is alarming. Okay. First, there is absolutely no evidence that transgender athletes are an issue in Alaska. In fact, even the sponsor of legislation banning transgender athletes in Alaska has agreed that no evidence exists of any issues. Second, even though there is no evidence of problems with transgender athletes in Alaska, Governor Dunleavy still says it alarms him as a father of three daughters. Ladies and gentlemen, I myself am the father of daughters. And do you know what alarms me much more? and is actually a real threat to all of our daughters? Sexual harassment in the workplace. Because believe it or not, there is a far greater chance that our daughters will be sexually harassed during their professional careers rather than having to compete against a transgender athlete. Sexual harassment in the workplace is what Governor Dunleavy should really be worried about as a father. And let me tell you exactly why. 38% of women have been sexually harassed at work. 63% of women never file a complaint. 55% of victims experience retaliation after speaking up. 72% of victims were harassed by someone more senior. And here's the kicker, 95% of all men go unpunished. Now, this is a good time to remind everybody that it's been 575 days since Governor Mike Dunleavy's disgraced former Attorney General Kevin Clarkson resigned after sexually harassing a junior employee. And it's also been 575 days since Governor Mike Dunleavy has refused to offer any explanation as to why he covered up the sexual harassment for months. Now, thankfully, due to the award-winning investigative reporting by Kyle Hopkins of the Anchorage Daily News in conjunction with ProPublica, we know all of the details of Kevin Clarkson's sexual harassment. So let's compare Clarkson's behavior with the national sexual harassment data. 38% of all women have been sexually harassed at work. Kevin Clarkson harassed one of them. Checkbox. 63% of women never file a complaint. This story of Kevin Clarkson's victim only became public due to investigative reporting. Check box. 55% of victims experienced retaliation after speaking up. Kevin Clarkson's victim was forced to switch jobs. Check box. 72% of victims were harassed by someone more senior. Kevin Clarkson was not only the top law enforcement officer in the state, but he was a close personal friend of Governor Dunleavy's check box. But the last statistic, that says everything about Governor Mike Dunleavy and how he views women. 95% of men go unpunished for sexual harassment complaints. Kevin Clarkson was not only going to return to work as if nothing happened, but then Governor Dunleavy was going to continue to cover up his sexual harassment until once again, Kyle Hopkins broke the story. Governor Dunleavy was going to welcome back Kevin Clarkson to work as if nothing had happened. 
Kevin Clarkson was on track to become one of those 95% of the men that get away with sexually harassing women. So to sum up, what alarms Governor Dunleavy as a father of daughters is the unlikely competition from transgender athletes. However, what doesn't alarm Governor Dunleavy as a father of daughters is that he himself is covering up the sexual harassment of someone else's daughter. I mean, seriously, what father who was genuinely concerned about the well-being of their own daughters in the world today would cover up the sexual harassment of someone else's daughter? Certainly no decent father, that's for sure. In local politics, this past week it was in the news that ground was broken on the first new market rate housing development in downtown Anchorage in 40 years. Block 96 flats will be constructed at 8th and K in a public-private partnership between Debenham Properties and the Anchorage Community Development Authority. Now, it just so happens that this project I know intimately about because I spent two years of my life negotiating this development and then teeing it up just in time for Mayor Dave Bronson to pull up to the curb with a golden shovel in the boot of his car ready to take some credit. Ignore the fact that this was former Mayor Ethan Berkowitz's 10-year tax abatement or the Assembly's role in funding the project that pushed it along, but there was Mayor Dave Bronson proclaiming that this was part of his grand plan of his administration. (sighs) Whatever, right? I mean, if the rooster wants to take credit for the dawn, you ain't going to stop it. But what wasn't cool with me was the fact that Bronson spent the entire time patting himself on the back instead of seizing the moment to use Block 96 as a poster child for much-needed development incentives. Because the mayor simply showed up for the press photos, he had no idea just how hard that project was to piece together. And thus, he missed a golden opportunity to lay out the challenges that Anchorage housing faces. Ladies and gentlemen, the amount of work and coordination that went into Block 96 flats was mind-blowing. Two years of painstaking negotiations, three environmental studies, one replat of the entire parcel, four different financing schemes, two different project designs, countless hours in meetings, countless hours with lawyers. Ladies and gentlemen, there were days when I sat across the negotiating table and literally wondered out loud if this would ever be possible. But we kept grinding away for two years, pulling this lever, pulling that lever, all to construct the first downtown housing of its kind in decades. This groundbreaking ceremony was a grand opportunity for the mayor to talk about the cost of building downtown and to detail the time and effort that went into making Block 96 happen. The mayor had the great opportunity to talk about the need for more development incentives from ADA to help private developers with patient capital and tax incremental financing to help spread the risk. The mayor had the opportunity to highlight the significant cost barriers faced by local developers who desperately want to build downtown. It was an opportunity for the mayor to educate Anchorage on why it takes so long to build and attract housing downtown. But Mayor Bronson missed that opportunity because he was just too damn busy patting himself on the back for a job by others. He missed an opportunity to educate and inform about why downtown lacks housing. Instead, he pontificated about how this historic project represented his vision. Even though, when I first began negotiating this project two years ago, 95% of the people of Anchorage had never even heard the name Dave Bronson yet. 
And the real sad thing is, I have a real strong suspicion with the amount of projects we've teed up for this mayor that this won't be the last time the rooster tries to take credit for the dawn. But next time, hopefully he'll use someone else's development project to at least be an advocate for more financing tools to build downtown housing. In federal politics, I am in. Friday afternoon, I filed my paperwork to run in the special primary election to fill the remainder of Representative Don Young's term. Now, there's a very important distinction here. I am only running to fill out the rest of Young's term. I am not seeking a full term, as most candidates are in the race. In fact, I pledge to you that I will not seek a full term, that my sole focus will be on serving out Young's term, delivering the same fierce protection of Alaska's interest as Young has provided for the last 50 years. So the immediate question I anticipate being asked is, why aren't you running for the full term? How is Alaska better served by electing someone to fill out the remainder of the term rather than just electing a candidate who is running for a full term? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm glad you asked. In fact, we're going to weave that question into the central part of our campaign. It's going to filter into every aspect. But why? In the next few months, Alaskans will be asked two questions via the ballot box. The first question is who should complete the remainder of Young's term. And the second question is who should be Alaska's next duly elected House member for the full two-year term. Two different questions with two very different answers. So why should Alaskans vote for me rather than just commit to a full-time politician? Because, ladies and gentlemen, if you elect anyone other than someone who pledges not to seek the full term, you won't be electing a representative committed to serving out the remainder of Young's term. You'll be electing a candidate. You'll be electing someone who has to spend the next 90 days, beginning the day after you elect them, to try and get reelected in November instead of doing the work as they were just elected to do. Allow me to explain. If Alaskans elect a candidate on August 16th, who is then committed to running again on November 8th, that means the candidate will spend the next three months campaigning versus representing Alaska's interest in Congress. That would mean over 75% of Representative Young's remaining term would be consumed by a candidate not representing Alaska's interest, but spending their days campaigning and raising money from special interests. Furthermore, the average freshman House member would need to spend 30 hours a week fundraising and is under pressure to raise $6,000 every day. So why would Alaskans elect a candidate to serve out the remaining four months of Don Young's term who is going to spend 75% of that time trying to get reelected? I mean, think about the global tectonic shift of power that's occurring in the world today. Think about how different the world is today than it was just 90 days ago. Now think about those opportunities for Alaska that aren't getting addressed by not having a voice in the House. The war in Ukraine, record high inflation costs, a global economy in transition, and yet Alaskans are without representation in Congress on key issues such as Alaska's seafood industry after the banning of Russian imports, Alaska's resource development after a shift in global energy markets, Alaska's global military position in a day of new Russian aggression, coordination on the $6.5 billion in federal infrastructure money for Alaska, and of course, the ever-important constituent relations. Who's answering the phone when Alaskans have a problem with the Social Security Agency or the Veterans Administration? Now, what is better for Alaska? 
a candidate who recognizes these opportunities and who promises you five solid months of hard work or a candidate who promises you that they'll need to take the next three months off to get reelected. I believe it's important to have a candidate who for five months will focus solely on Alaska's best interests. Now, I'm aware that this is a long shot campaign and myself, along with my co-host with the very most who will be doing the campaign's media, we have no expectations. But we are going to try and make a compelling argument that what Alaska needs now, what Alaska needs right now, is a candidate who is qualified and committed to only serving out the remainder of Young's term. So during this global crisis, our voice in Congress isn't going to spend 75 percent of their time on the campaign trail raising money. And finally, with regards to the future of our podcast, the kid stays in the picture. We will still have a very strong opinions about politics, life, and entertainment. And let me tell you, the campaign ain't going to change that. So we are not about to disrupt the commitment to our listeners, so the podcast remains unchanged. Van, would you want to talk a minute or two about the new website? Yeah, it's um, it's a pretty simple website, but I tried to make it clean, clear, and concise and and have some fun with it, you know, because... We want to stand out and not just be the run-of-the-mill political website. So if you go to whyhalcro.com, that's W-H-Y-H-A-L-C-R-O.com, you can read a little bit about Andrew and his his platform and uh, and find some links at the bottom. You can also donate if you would like to help contribute to uh, the campaign. All ads that we place will be a result of the donations we receive. So we're not we're not adding any funds to the campaign. This is all donation based, and um, we're super excited to have everybody along. So Van and I are excited about the next seventy days. So please check out our new campaign website, whyhalcro.com. Again, whyhalcro.com. And now. In closing comments, our own Maya Nolan Partnow shares some timely tips for political neophytes trying to replace the legendary Don Young. Ordinarily, my advice to friends who want to run for office in Alaska is simple. Remember to talk about your dog, don't mention anything about being able to see Russia, and get yourself one of those Copper River fleece jackets the politicians all wear. But we're talking about replacing Don Young. Don Young, who made headlines more than once for ranting at teenagers. Don Young, who allegedly pulled a knife on John Boehner. Don Young, whose last loss at the polls was four decades ago. Don Young, probably the only man Chuck Norris ever feared. That's why if you want to win this election, you just need to ask yourself one question. What would Don Young do? Now, I want to be clear that in normal everyday life, what would Don Young do or WWDYD probably is not a realistic mantra for normal people. Normal people shouldn't threaten their coworkers with knives. Normal people should perform routine maintenance on the filter that connects their opinions to their mouths. Obviously, not a problem I have personally. Normal people cannot pull off a bolo tie. But this is not a normal situation. This is a once in a lifetime, well, twice-in-a-lifetime opportunity to participate in a free-for-all, why-not field of literally every Alaskan who has ever expressed any interest in holding office to replace the state's single solitary representative in the United States House. 
To replace Don Young, you must become Don Young. Not literally, though. Please don't grow a beard. Become Don Young where it counts. In your heart. Take no guff. Keep them guessing. Refer to your competitors as a young man, even if they're older than you or a woman. Fake right, then jab left. The field is crowded, so don't be afraid to throw an elbow if it helps you get ahead. And scotch guard your lapels. It'll make it easier to wipe away the blood of your enemies. And there is the music, ladies and gentlemen, and you know what that means. Our time is up, unfortunately. Please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you don't miss an episode. Van, how about the details for your website? Yeah, actually, if you want to get to my website, uh, go to whyhalcrow.com, and then at the bottom of the page, in the footer, there's a link to Abo Dabo Brand. So check out whyhalcrow.com, W-H-Y. H-A-L-C-R-O.com. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that is our time. And as always, we thank you for yours. <laughs> <laughs>